and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud. So for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch and a number of episodes that best showcase that series' strength. And last week's anime was not my pick. It was guest Ray Lynn's pick. It was Parasite. Malcolm, how was Parasite? Parasite's a weird show. And I think like that weirdness translated to the episode, to the podcast we recorded, because that was a chaotic episode, just like the show. Yeah. And uh, I, I followed through. I, I have not finished the series yet, but I, I'm on like episode 15. And uh, Ray Lynn certainly uh, spared us from some heartbreak because there's some pretty heavy shit in the episodes we did not watch. Oh, wow. I can see that. I was just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, man. Uh, it's a really good show. I'll finish the show by the time we record the, the following episode to give my full review. Uh, because Jason, in this case, normally I, I've watched the entire series because I always pick it. I like to do the full thing. But in this case, I had not seen the show before. It was a very weird episode. But yeah, we have special guest Jason Simpson. We finally have someone who's actually like done dubbing for anime and many other amazing series. Um, Jason Simpson. Uh Best known, I guess, for The Dragon Prince, which is also a very awesome show. It is, yeah. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, best known for that, yeah. Um, uh, Rengar, League of Legends, um, some My Little Pony stuff. Those are the three most popular ones at conventions. And uh, Black Lagoon. Let's talk about you for a bit, Jason, because, again, you are, like, the first, like, you know, professional voice actor we've had on this show. So that's been very exciting. I was super excited to get you. Uh, Once again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like, uh, do you want to just kind of tell tell the listener just kind of a bit about your background, how you got involved in you know voiceover and and anime dubbing specifically, what that experience has been like? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, I wanted to be an actor since I was just a little kid, um, like six ish. Uh, voiceover, the idea of voiceover came to me of doing it as a job came to me when I was about nine, so nineteen eighty four when I first heard uh, or saw Transformers and I heard uh, Peter Cullen's voice as Optimus Prime. And I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do for a job. He's my hero. Um, Just kind of pursued acting for the rest of my life. My parents were all behind me 100%. It was my goal and I got through high school and went right to um, university and uh, film school and so around 99, I graduated in 2000, I was jumping into the professional field. I had no clue what voiceover was. I, I didn't know how to do it. Had a, uh, uh, a brief class with uh, Michael Dobson, who's in, uh, he plays the vice president in, in two of these episodes. Had a brief voiceover uh, class with him and realized uh, this is exactly what I want to do. So Mike was really kind of my mentor as I went into professional voice work and everything I learned about voice, I learned in, in the studio. I didn't take any classes. Uh, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything. I'm just saying it's, I sort of jumped into it and had to learn the hard way by making mistakes and uh, just improving because if it didn't improve, I wouldn't get the work. So uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's an incredible experience. Uh, Incredible. I, I am, I miss not doing it the days that I'm not doing it. And, over the last year, that's been quite a few. And the thing is, like, me and Malcolm, we both kind of share a connection to the Dragon Prince beyond just, like, knowing you, which is, you know, we're friends with Raquel Balmonte, who, of course, you know, plays your oh, daughter I'm in sorry. that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've done a lot of comedy with uh, Raquel. I used to be in uh, several improv groups with her. Well, as much as I bug her, I bug her a lot because I'm much older than her. So 
I like to play the uh, grumpy dad with her. Um, she is one of the funniest people I've ever, ever met. And uh, when we go to cons, we're on airplanes together. We are with each other all day. Back in the day when that sort of thing happened, uh, she just cracks me up nonstop. And her Twitter feed is just jokes after jokes. So, oh, oh, yeah. Honestly, she's like one of the funniest people I've ever met. And I'm like, she's like someone who's like, I, I'm waiting for her to like really explode on that front because it's like, it's just like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen too. soon. She's childish and inappropriate and hilarious. She's like one of the most, she tells the most inappropriate jokes and I laugh so fucking hard. She's like in doing improv with her. I've done like a lot of uh, just random scenes and like she's one of the people who like I always break <laughs> when I'm in a scene with her. That's great. Yeah, she she. Uh, this has become about Raquel. I know this is the Raquel. <laughs> yeah. this is now is this Raquel? She, is... This is a Raquel she, uh... appreciation project. Hey, let's bring on Raquel Belmonte. <laughs> maybe we well, should invite she... her on this one. <laughs> we would we'd go to cons and sometimes my family would join us and uh, she'd be like Jason. I'm going to spend the day with your daughter. It's like <laughs> 16. I'm like, no, nope. No, you're not. Um, I have no clue how to, I, I can't control that. Uh, but, I, but she's fantastic. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, that's like the raunchy aunt who's come to town. That's exactly right. <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh, I got to show you some stuff, kid. So, yeah, um, th this show, though, to, to move along, so it doesn't become yeah, talking about on. Raquel for 40 minutes. Um, we're talking about Black Lagoon, and, and that's the funny thing. Like, it, it would have been very easy to talk about The Dragon Prince because it is Jason's uh, most well-known TV show at this point, and also, you know, it got, like, a four-season renewal. Obviously, all that. But Congratulations. I to, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's a good show. I've watched it, too, because I, I had to interview Raquel for a, for a pod that I never published um and yeah like I, I watched all of it it's an awesome show and yeah I, but you know i wanted to go for the deeper cut um black True. lagoon which is like a really fun badass show uh i discovered it uh through a kotaku article when they were just like recommending anime for people who aren't super into anime and oh yeah. wow yeah like was that recent some like within the last three years or so oh wow interesting yeah, and uh, you know Malcolm, he he has watched like 30, 30 something anime at this point, uh, and we'll get into that. And I definitely want to talk more about you, Jason, just your background. But um, let's let's yeah. go into the quick part, which is the I picked a show also with a very short background history, so we wouldn't spend forty minutes on that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so let's just talk about the background of Black Goon, which again, Jason, you you had told me you had not seen the show before. No, I'm in I'm in seven episodes never seen the show <laughs> but i know i know who the characters are just through basic through lines and character arcs through the season into season two where, where i show up and uh so i knew i knew little bits and i know i know the actors very well and we've certainly talked about it over the years for sure so, uh yeah. are you familiar at all with the series or, or how, how it started because that's what we're going to get into uh, I know little bits here and there, but I'm going to go off your cue with all of this information. Let, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. I want, I want to blow your mind. There are some funny tidbits. Uh, sure. So Black Lagoon was written and drawn by Ray Hiroe in April 2002 for the magazine <laughs> Monthly Sunday Gene X. Um, wow. Malcolm and I are very much used to Shonen, Shonen Jump adaptations, weekly, weekly Shonen Magazine. Uh, Monthly Gene Sunday X is not a magazine I'm familiar with. Nope. Never heard of it. No, no especially not. uh you know there's a standard there's a standard stuff but this is this is one i was not aware of until 20 minutes ago That's ray heroe he had stated that black lagoon was inspired by james elroy john Wu, quentin tarantino and stephen king as well as hearing about actual piracy cases in the south china sea in, in the 1990s 
And with the success, of course, of this manga, came an anime adaptation, which was produced by Studio Madhouse in April of 2006. And this this show covers the first nine arcs of the manga, and it ran for two seasons ending in December 2006 with a five-episode OVA series called Black Lagoon, Roberta's Blood Trail, that released in 2011. And this manga, it is still ongoing. Uh, The most recent chapter being chapter 109 in March of 2021. But if you couldn't tell, given that it was started in 2002, the the author has uh, had a very inconsistent publication schedule. And (laughs) there are there are many Reddit threads. What's going on with Ray Hiroe? What the fuck happened to Ray Hiroe? Uh, Clearly, he's making enough money. He's making appearances. He's done some interviews and stuff. I just followed him on Twitter. He's he's publishing, you know, rough drawings of the, the latest chapter. Does he do anything else? Like, is it just like, this is a side project that got out of hand? No, well, he's actually got another uh, anime series that didn't start from a manga called Recreators. Uh, it's a series about a high school student who becomes involved in a battle between several characters from manga, anime, and video games. Uh, I have not watched it. I only discovered what this was 20 minutes ago. He's the, um, the George R.R. R. Martin of uh, manga and anime. He's, he's taking his time. Yeah, he's taking his time. Clearly, clearly he's making his money. Um, the anime itself, though, is awesome. It's it's self-contained enough that, you know, the characters can can go on for further adventures. But if that's all you watch of it, you, you'll be satisfied enough. I'm actually a little surprised that it's still ongoing because it, it kind of felt, at least from what we watched, like very much like a product of the 2000s, like 2000s action films. But for sure. It is so, but, but I know like there's been a revival of that style recently with like John Wick and like nobody with bob odenkirk and stuff like that so it's like not surprising as well i just i guess it's one of those things where i'm like oh i didn't expect this to be a really long running for me it's story. uh it was very reminiscent of, of of early 90s i mean i'm older than you guys uh so the early 90s for me was like graduation of high school and um this was very much like a, a rutger hauer um just dirty gritty seedy sort of action movie maybe a b movie kind of a feel to it which immediately i was drawn in i'm like okay short shorts big muscles bad language lots of blood and guts i'm in it's distracting because i know the people who are voicing the characters so i can see their faces and i can hear their voice their real voices and stuff so a little bit distracting but that's how it always goes yeah, fair so. enough, man. And and do you have any specific memories of Black Lagoon? I mean, I know this this was quite a while ago. I, I, just judging by the quick little recap I looked, uh, the dub itself came out in like 2008 for like Toonami or something like that. Around that time. Um, you know what? I just, I we did it at Ocean. And uh, I, working with a director there by the name of Carl. Carl's a, he's the best in Vancouver. He's a genius. Um so talented uh, just a super fun guy and we always have a blast anyways we usually waste a good half hour just goofing off and telling jokes and stories so with this script it was a lot more this is the most mature script i've ever worked with at that point um and it kind of sh- took me by surprise because i'm not a you know a deep cut anime guy so the language and the content i went whoa this is not a kid's cartoon no, not at this all. Is a, wow, this is a thing. I mean, this is, wow, this is real. <laughs> but that in itself helped a lot because I went, okay, this is uh, this is work. This is great. And I learned uh, how to tackle that kind of work as well and really invest into the character that way. Uh, that's really what I 
took away from you know working on those shows uh just a different style different content and then of course we went on to do some uh jintama and uh some other more adult themed stuff it's quite popular awesome man so yeah that's that's uh one of the cool things and the other thing of course i i have to bring this up because yeah i do work for on the mic training i i manage their social media feeds i mean um but yeah i i do full disclosure i do like you know run on the mics social media feeds um which is which is the voiceover school and yeah, you are a teacher there and you, you have taught me like I took a class with you around last year, which, you know, yeah. even just that one class, man, was fantastic. And I, I just do want to say for the listeners, if you are interested in voiceover and you do get the chance take a class with Jason. <laughs> yeah, there's there's quite an there's an aspect that's missed by not being in the booth. Um, you don't learn the this intimate uh, relationship between you and the microphone. Uh, the spatial awareness and how to use your body in this space and full projection and all that stuff. Uh, but the, te- the acting techniques are still there. I mean, I, that's, I strive and I pride myself on the fact that my students will get taught that whether they learn it or not, they will get <laughs> taught those core things that can be done anywhere uh, in a booth or on online. But yeah, you're missing a couple of the fun factors when you're doing a zoom class. For sure. But yeah, our, our Malcolm, do you have any questions for Jason or are we ready to get into the episodes themselves? Um, I, it's interesting because I'm not, uh, I'm not you adverse. You have a voiceover, man. You have a beautiful voice. Malcolm uh, has a beautiful voice. Uh, I've told thank- him that many times when I'm drunk. <laughs> okay, thank you, I guess. He thought you, you said you face. Remember, you don't remember those Yeah, calls? my face. He thought you said face. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's like you've got a face for voiceover. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's yeah, I know it's uh, it's interesting because I yeah, I don't know much about voiceover acting outside of like we talked earlier about uh, I guess our mutual friend uh, Raquel Belmonte, like yeah. she's like the only person I know who's actively you know doing voiceover acting. Um, mm-hmm. like my experience in, in terms of acting has been I was just before the pandemic, I was uh, understudying the touring company at the Second City in Toronto, uh, which is like a live uh, you know, comedy, uh, live performance yeah it's a great venue i've been there it's amazing it's so yeah. cool uh but obviously you can't do stuff like that um oh. in uh pandemic like did you uh ever like do uh like outside of voiceover acting have you ever done like the traditional acting i guess i'm not familiar with your imdb or anything like are you just like all over um i started i went to school to be a, a film and television actor i went to the vancouver film school um and i took acting for film and television and like I said, we had one component for voice, which was in a room with a tape deck and a microphone on a dolly cart. And, uh, and we learned from Mike Dobson, who's incredible. And then I went into the, got an agent and I still didn't really know anything about never been in a booth. I would see them at studios and I'd be like, Oh, that's like, that's like the holy part of the studio. And my agent said, Hey, do you, do you do voice work? I've got an audition. I said, of course I do. No, of course. You got to do that. You always got to yeah. say yes. Can you ride a horse? Well, if you hire me, I will learn. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, that's how I started. So I didn't go into into my career wanting to do voice. I, no, I wanted to, but I had no clue. I honestly thought growing up in little prairie town, southern Alberta, I thought I had to move to Hollywood to 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 do cartoons. So it was uh, even as an, a young adult, it was... Uh, it was eye-opening for me to come to Vancouver and see, oh, this is where everything's done. 
I don't have to go move there. So I jumped in as quickly as I could. And it took a while. Not an easy door to walk through because it's a smaller, tighter community. So what's the original question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was just asking about, like, I guess, yeah, other acting experience. I guess, oh, yeah. sorry, other acting. I just went right to voice again. Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> when I started, yes, film and television was my was my uh focus and I, I i've done lots of film and tv so uh uh i'm trying to think of stuff i've done uh <laughs> arrows uh, 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 oh yeah the superhero ones uh once upon a time lucifer's there's, yeah there's a bunch of yeah. tv and film on my resume it's like no um so yeah i i think i didn't i don't even think we mentioned this uh we are covering episodes one to three of black lagoon um, these episodes are a blast. I think, like I said uh, before, it was it was the type of show where I'm just like, if I didn't have work right right before I was watching these, I was like, shit, I kind of want to watch rewatch this show. Um, we have a great opening monologue. Um, Malcolm, I I know you're the idiot, but did you did you pick up on who the who the voice did the voice sound kind of familiar of our of our lead character? Do you sound kind of familiar to you? I'm I'm quizzing you, buddy. Um. I'm going to say a yes, because I feel like you're leading me on, but I also <laughs> realistically have no, I don't know. I, there's like a lot of these, I'll be honest, uh, Jason, I, a lot of these, I, I want to say that I have a lot of recall in terms of like watching all the stuff we've covered on this podcast, but there's a lot of uh, shows that have gone in and out. Like I, for me, like this experience is like before the pandemic, I had never seen anime in my life. Like this has been this like experiment, uh, you know, I'm like a hamster in the hamster wheel. And, uh, you know, there are voices that I'm like, I will, this, this sounds familiar. Like, like I think the Funimation guys, we've done a lot of fun. We've done a lot of Funimation. So those, I, those cast members have definitely. Um, the Chris Sabats of the world. Is that his name? Chris, Chris, Chris yeah, Christopher Sabat. Yeah, yeah, I do remember kind of his voice vaguely, but it's, it's not him, right? It's not. No, it's not. It's not Sabat. No, uh, this is Brad Swale, who also voiced L and uh, Light and not L Light in Death Note. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, again, <laughs> kind of kind of similar voice. Uh, he's great. I do love it when we get to cover Canadian shows because again. We're, I think the majority of the dubs we cover are are from that kind of Funimation. Uh, what's the word? It's almost like a, a theater troupe. Almost, it's a lot of the same people. Which which Not can be, yeah. Which can be you know good, and also sometimes you know you're just like oh it's okay it's Christopher Sabat again who I love. But. Well, but I mean looking at the stuff we do at Ocean, right? Uh, Gundam, Inuyasha, Dragon Ball, uh, Black Lagoon, Death Note really a lot of the just the same actors because there's mm. compared to la it's a handful of people mm. literally it kind of is the same thing which is great and i'm very happy to be a part of that for sure man um but yeah that is brad swell uh voicing our lead character much different character from light uh, uh our lead guy rock is uh, a a nicer dude i would say malcolm isn't he yeah, he is. But I want just before we start, I want to like yeah, talk about it. the lyrics to the I've, I fucking the knew song. It. I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you knew it. My class, my class, like let's talk about the lyrics. Uh, I've some of them up. Um, I I know this is like a translation, but there were like there were parts of the songs where I'm like, am I listening to this right? And then I would see like the text, like the trans, like the subtitles. I'm like, yeah. oh, it, it is like. Um, there's uh the line let me just find it quickly it's terrible 
Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. I bet. I bet. Yeah. It's all up to you. No one lives forever. Burn, uh, been burned in the hell by all those pigs out there. It's always been hell from when I was born. They make me violate them no matter who they are. <laughs> like, just, this is the, uh, just tough to like imagine just singing that and you hear it. Um, what is it? For Christ's sakes, this rotten world, shit out of luck, go with my vision, light up the fire, right on the power, weapon, I have it all. Get down on your knees, get a good head on your shoulders. If it's for your guys, go to the end of the earth. <laughs> you made a mess for Christ's sakes, this rotten world, shit out of luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Malcolm, Malcolm, what do you think of this like opening monologue? I actually wrote like pretty much the entire thing. Can you read it out? I mean, I, I'm no Brad Swale. I'm no Brad Swale, man. <laughs> um, this is this is what I transcribed. Uh, graduating from a national university, I somehow managed to find my way into the corporate world. This is a businessman's town. I get my ass kicked by my boss all day, but at the same time, I hope to be in his place someday. This is a city of winter where I once lived. And then I didn't uh, transcribe the rest because that was good enough. <laughs> he gets his ass beat by Dutch. That's what we see next uh dutch yeah. great great fucking character i i will say like there for me i guess i kept thinking about this movie i don't know if you guys have watched it uh did you ever watch swordfish with like john travolta and hugh jackman and halle berry i only know the one famous screen cap unfortunately yeah well it's yeah. like that yeah there's that but there's <laughs> also like this crazy monologue that happens in the movie i think it's like john travolta's opening monologue where he's talking about like film and just like, you know, like, oh, it's so bullshit. This is what happens. So it's like this very meta thing. And like, I, I don't know why, but it's like, this had such a similar tone to that. And like, there's other references later on about like films that felt very like, again, that's why I was thinking those 2000s movies where there was these very self-referential action films that came out of that era where it's like, yeah, no, we're not in an action movie. This is real life. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, this isn't a movie, yeah. And yeah, this one just feels like that, where it's like, I'm a businessman, <laughs> you know? I graduated from business school, and I live in, you know, and I work for my boss, and he hits me. It's just like... the Matrix, he... Yeah, the Matrix. pulled out of his cubicle job, but all of a sudden he's in a totally different world. I, did, I just want to say, I kind of wish there was more monologue. Like I wanted more of these. Like I mean, I guess there are monologues where he's like, "I the like ah the you know the anger was boiling through me and I like blacked out and I don't know where I am." Like I wanted almost more monologues throughout these three episodes. Am I the only what? one? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm like There's some good monologues. There's some good monologues. I agree. I agree. Even just the little asides to himself that he's they're just in his head. Little tiny things here and there. Those are nice. I like that. It's not a fourth wall breaking. It's just able to hear what he's thinking. Yeah, well, it feels like very much, I assume, I don't know, I've, I've only ever read one manga that was for this podcast. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, yeah, I assume it's like, you know, reading those, like, yeah, the descriptions like uh, in those manga, but it actually just said out loud. I think it's a cool technique. I do too. Do you like when you're like recording stuff like that? Like, how do you approach something like that? I guess now I'm back to asking questions. <laughs> um, it's just a, well, it depends on the, the show. It depends on what style they're looking for. Uh, a lot of time it turns out to be more of just an introspective, you know, uh, actual conversation with people is here where 
all of a sudden it gets a little quieter and I'm talking to myself. It's that kind of a feel. It depends on the show, though. He's not even Rock yet. We're calling him Rock, but is, is, I wrote this down. Rokuro Okajima, um, he's getting his ass beat by Dutch and Revy. Uh, I love Revy. Revy is, is an awesome character. She's fucking fun as hell. Yep. And Marika is just Marika, the real person is also as fun as can be. And she's hilarious, huge sports nut. So to watch uh, her, watch this character, it's just like this elevation of Marika and then like really foul mouth and inappropriate, which is uh, not to say that's not Marika, <laughs> but much more so for this character. Like always a lot of fun. She's always at 11, always screaming. Yeah, no, I, I, I love Revy so much. He's a blast. And, and you know, late, later episodes, Dutch kind of leaves the focus and it very much becomes the Rock and Revy show uh, later on. Rock and Revy. Oh, yeah. No, she's, yeah, again. Yeah, she's probably one of my favorite characters. Like, she's just, yeah, so much fun. And I, yeah, in this, yeah. It's just like a fun character that's written. Like, you don't, you don't get a lot of, like, you know, those foul-mouthed, like, hardcore, like, you know, women in action films like that's always they're always like kind of like the like the boss the scarred boss lady i always feel like there's more of that than you do like you see someone who's like oh she's the unhinged one in the show like she's like she's the loose cannon yeah i think we kind of saw that uh malcolm i we kind of saw that with um what was it great pretender that had another another very strong female character i'm not foul mouth because that show just wasn't going for that (laughs) that level although actually she did call the lead character a virgin constantly so there was that (laughs) that's true um there's definitely those types um but yeah one of the funny things is we don't even see we don't even see how like rock got involved with these characters to begin with it literally just starts with him getting his ass beat by them yeah he's like on a yacht in the middle of like the china sea uh being like i'm a million miles away from winter I guess the town. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I like that they, yeah, I do kind of like they just drop it in and you, and it looks like he's just going to get executed. They're like, ah, we'll just shoot him. Like, I mean, what is it? Yeah. She says at one point, it's like, let's just shoot him in the knees. Cause he's such a pussy. <laughs> like that was, yeah. that's like the, that's just the introduction to every, like this dynamic. <laughs> so yeah, they basically found this confidential data disc. I had to like rewind several times. Cause I'm like, did I miss something with the data disc? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yeah. okay. They just jump into the story immediately. They jump right the fuck in. Um, but yep. yeah, as a result, Rock is this hostage of theirs. And uh, w- the other the other crew member who I just love is Benny, who is just always wearing Hawaiian shirts, and he's from Florida. Mm-hmm. Listen, I appreciate a good Hawaiian shirt. Like I'm, uh, I will say I've shamelessly been on stage where I'll just wear Hawaiian shirts, and people go, "Why are you doing this to me?" I'm like, "Ah, why not?" Um, You're comfortable. So- they're comfortable, yeah, and they're. I feel like they're getting. They're kind of coming back into fashion a little bit. Maybe I'm like being naive, and I'm just putting my hopes and dreams into the fashion world <laughs> for the first time in my life. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I like that there's a running joke in these episodes that, like, once Rock joins the group, that uh, that he's had a uh, a Hawaiian shirt bought for him, but he refuses to wear it. <laughs> Malcolm, I think you've noticed this too. A lot of anime seem to have no fear with like naming brands. Yeah. I love that fearlessness because I, I do find it like I always hate when I watch a movie and it's like they're clearly going to like use a search engine or something. And instead of just like Google 
You know, it's yeah. always just like, oh, I'm going to use the search engine like Blink Block or whatever. And you're like, really? Like, you can't just put Google in there? Like, it's so dumb. Like, I don't think a brand, a major brand, especially like Google, is going to be super pissed at like use their search engine uh, for like a shot. There's well, there is a cost though, right? There's I a guess, cost for using it. So I guess there is. That is true. I guess they. I mean, I know there's like a, a bigger economic yeah. problem to it. Um, I don't know if but, it's like dif- different because of like copyright too with Japan as well. So I, I, I just kind of wonder about that stuff if they can just get away with it. Yeah, that's a good question. It surprised me as soon as he said. I think it was Bacardi, right? Yeah, and there, there's also yeah. characters drinking Heineken. So yeah. I noticed that. Which again, I just love it though because it makes it makes this you know animated show actually feel pretty real well my first thought when i saw it and when i heard him say that was oh they've got a budget because <laughs> i just know what it can take sometimes to even have you know just a quick frame of something or to mention it you've got to pay lots of money I- i've seen multiple anime where they've referred to like tw- they've talked about twitter and instagram i'm like oh i don't know how they can get away with that one it's yeah it makes you think of like it's just a ra- like a side racket that like like maybe there isn't really this law of paying it but we've all convinced ourselves that we have yeah. to or you're like or no i guess we have to pay them like 40 grand for this shot or like that's yeah. a low number but like Mar- where japan's just like fuck it like we're just gonna put it in and like what you're gonna sue us like good luck with that mark <laughs> like, zuckerberg doesn't watch anime so it's all good yeah he'll he just stares at a wall and watches paint dry as he waits for his facebook app to update and I, I guess Elon, well, Elon doesn't respect copyright at all because he'll steal from artists now, too. That's his whole joint. What? <laughs> no, well, that was his whole thing. He, he, This was like a year ago. Elon Musk, like, refused to, like, credit. And someone called Elon out for, like, uh, oh, yeah, he, he tweeted some piece of art. And he's like, I don't believe in crediting artists. And people are like, no, you're an asshole. Even though his current wife is an artist. <laughs> I think he was well, trying to get a rise out of someone. I he's, think try- to it, but. He's, he's trying to get a rise out of someone. He's a meme lord, even though I, I don't buy that. I, I'm not the biggest Musk fan. What can I say? Me and Malcolm were. Me and Malcolm aren't Musk heads. Yeah, you don't. You're not feeling the Musk? <laughs> no, man. He's, he's, well, I, to- I told Malcolm yesterday he's the Lex Luthor of our time. And I don't think people realize that. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I, I feel like Jeff Bezos is the Lex Luthor because he actually There's a lot like of the them. Luthor. There's a lot. Well, Jeff Bezos is bald too. There's a lot of them. But like the fact that people- hey, Wait, is him, Elon Musk bald now? Is that is that something I missed? Well, he's not bald yet. But like the thing is like, I feel a real Lex Luthor would be like someone who people, who the majority of people love and think is cool. But it, you know, if you look into him, you're like, oh, this guy's terrible. So Jeff Bezos, no, it's, it's Jeff Bezos is the like, Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, <laughs> and Elon Musk is the Jesse Eisenhower, Lex Luthor. I think so. I, I mean, Zuckerberg's the obvious one, but I think I think I think Jesse Eisenberg has All some right, troll, sorry. So, no, in him in that Batman versus Superman movie. Uh, no, here's an even t- <laughs> a deeper. Uh, cut. I'm derailing. So much. I'm gonna do a deeper cut. It's that <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is the is the Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor. Elon Musk is the Michael Rosenbaum Lex Luthor from Smallville. Okay, no, nothing, well, no reaction. All right, <laughs> that's that's a dead bit. That's good because I mean Jesse, what's his face played Zuckerberg, so that's great. He did. That makes sense. I, I defend that performance in that movie. Yeah, I defend sure. that performance. I don't see why anyone hates that performance. Oh, uh, because outside of want- Mark Zuckerberg. 
Well, no, I'm talking about Batman versus Superman. I'm talking about that. Oh, I like, oh. I like Jesse Eisenberg and Batman versus Superman. That's my hot take. <laughs> I'm talking about the I'm talking about the social network. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Ten out of ten. I, I thought you were like, people have been really shitting on Jesse Eisenberg's performance in the social network. <laughs> no, no, really? No. Oh. I was like, I didn't realize that I was a that was a fun, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Um, I can see why you're like you could be like Justin Timberlake need to be in that movie, but it's like it's in, he didn't hurt it. <laughs> Moving on, um, I like the implication that like he only drank because other people forced him to. He was like, I, mean, I drink because I'm a Japanese businessman. Yeah, <laughs> like that's his whole identity. He's like, I must, I, they drink, I must drink at work functions. I have to drink after, you know, after work when my boss wants me to drink. Like, I only drink for other people. But that's part of his character because he has, you know, and un- un- until this moment in his life, he's been doing everything the proper way. That yeah, is boring, boring and dull. That is true. Routine, yeah, and these guys are shaking it up. Yeah. Um. A- any more on that? So, anyways, it gets <laughs> this bonding gets interrupted by a couple of grenades because this this one dude whose name I didn't uh, let's call him helicopter guy, attack helicopter man. Uh, he barges in with a couple of grenades and and he's um he's the captain, the AO captain. Okay. Or whatever the team is called, AO, played by the lovely and talented Paul Dobson. I love how you can can name these guys. Well, his brother Brian plays the vice president, or his brother Michael. Oh. Sorry. Oh, crazy! I don't yeah. know if Brian. I don't know if Brian's in in any of these, but oh, are they like three brothers who all do voiceover yeah. acting? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a like I was the thing. I thought this helicopter pilot was going to be like more important, like in terms of like just like because he had like was taunting them like on the river. Like they're in the boat, and like I think they're they call it the what is it the Sea of Heaven is what it's being. Referred That's right, to. yeah, yeah. Which I loved. I love that name, the Sea of Heaven. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh man, I would love to. Like, I guess like for me, this this pandemic, I've been like, I want a vacation. <laughs> I want to go on a vacation. Very much do. <laughs> um, and I'm like, the Sea of Heaven sounds like it'd be fun, but obviously it's not because it's like they're just like getting trapped into like a river. That ends in a waterfall. I thought they were going to go over a waterfall. I was almost disappointed that they like were at the base of a waterfall. No, I th- I think I think I noticed it. I, I was busy listening to my friends talking. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm watching the performance, I'm you know going, oh yeah, that's Al. That's so and so. That's yeah. yeah. Again, that's interesting. So so anyways, this whole thing has started because Rock Superior uh, Kagiyama has basically decided to burn Rock because of course. Uh, Ross Douglas, who's fantastic. What a great role for him. His voice fits that character. So droll, so deceptive and deceiving and nasty. It's really well. It's so well drawn. I mean, the character, mm. the, the arching eyebrows, the drooping eyelids. It has shows so much character, even without the the language. Uh, but, you know, as as the actor going in, especially for dubbing, where you've got the image in front of you, uh, that lends so much to your performance. So, you know, you see that kind of face, you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to lay back in this guy and make him even more evil because it just fits the face that they draw for you. Pretty cool. Yeah, I guess that's like the advantage of doing like the dubbing work is that you, you already have these like fully realized like characters that have been drawn that yeah. are, you know, that you, you can be like, okay, you have a more of a tone to see. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe like, oh, that's right. I guess, in other like voiceover work, have you done? Have you done like where it's like you don't really even know what they look like because they still have to figure that out, or they're gonna, or do they like, based on your voice, kind of draw it? For the original, yeah, yeah, and a lot of times you go in and you've got to 
they've they've got a voice already for it and they call that the original so the oj the original japanese and you have a listen and you use it as a reference sometimes and other times you know the character might have a higher voice in the higher range i come in and they want something in the lower range so it's sometimes they want to match it right spot on and sometimes it's well what does this guy sound like based on what he looks like and that's a great joy because you can really dissect the character really quickly and go oh well he talks with a lisp and has a really deep voice and his droopy eyelids show that he's lazy or confident or mischievous. So it did, there's a great benefit to that. Oh, I like that. I like, yeah, I guess that's like stuff I don't think about as, as a, like a viewer. Sometimes you just like, Oh, like, Oh, this makes sense. Like you're watching the complete product, but there's yeah, so much more that goes into this. Yeah. And yeah it's such a great role. Cause he's just like, he is this asshole. Like it's like, he's not afraid yeah. to like hit his employees. He's so rude to his assistants and like he literally he's just like, yeah, he'll die and then we'll give him a promotion and his family will be happy because he was manager. Like that's just like how dismissive he is of just life. He's like, well, he's a manager. So like they, he got what he wanted. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very cynical take. I, I, I wish I knew more about uh, Ray, Ray Hiroe because I, I want to know just like what, what his life was like before he started doing manga. <laughs> yeah. Was this real? Like, was this a real life scenario for him? Because that would be terrible. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, he's he's very much just like, yeah, I I had a terrible fucking boss, and, and this is my way of venting. Yeah, he's either like had like a, one of the worst corporate experiences ever, or he just like had never been in an office in his life and just like assumed <laughs> just making it up. He just just assumed what's happening. He was just so scared. He's like, no, I'm an artist. I must like I must never go into like work in a cubicle. Um, so we have this big ass gunfight. Uh, this is where Revy, uh, where the bartender complains to, to Revy about the fact that she has destroyed his bar multiple times, which yeah. again is such a great little character detail. And she just, of course, yells back in his face. Um, so yeah, ep- are we ready to move on to the second episode? Even though we're like, well, well, they, like the end of this episode is that they defeat the helicopter guy by like there's a shipwreck they pass. And then, like he, then it's uh, Rock's big, like you know, like coming out moment in terms of like I'm going to join this team. Where mm-hmm. he's like, no, what we should do is like this, you know, this boat's designed to like essentially hydroplane. We'll use the shipwreck as a um, as a ramp, and then <laughs> we'll shoot a torpedo into the tor- into the actual uh, helicopter, and it'll blow up. Although yeah, it doesn't really blow up. It just kind of crashes. Like, the torpedo yeah. seems, like, ineffective. Yeah, and that guy is definitely dead. Uh, they, they they make sure to reiterate that in the shot. They're like, well, no, there's br- Well, there's the brutal shot where, like, the torpedo, like, crushes his face. Yeah. Which I was like, holy shit. Like, they went for it. Like, they're like, this is like, they're not, like, you know, going around being like, oh, maybe he's alive, maybe he's not. It's like, no, like, He's got no face no more. No, he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. This show is so over the top violent. Um, yeah. And the the 2011 OVA, I think maybe if we revisit the show, we could definitely cover that because it's only five episodes. Um, it's it's even more brutal. <laughs> they get away with even more in 2011. <laughs> um, I love the um, I did love the just back to the boat chase yeah. and stuff. I mean, the, just the choreography. The two boats and they got the boat in the middle and they and they plunge under the water just as the boat swings around with the gun and ends up shooting its own teammates and I mean that's it's a full on eighties, nineties, two thousand sure action movie and it just moves so quick. Uh and the payoffs are really quick, but they're there. It's uh it's not cheesy. 
It's cheesy. But if you love action movies, it's right on par with any action movie that you'll see. I mean, that's the thing. And I think that's why, like, Kotaku put this on the list of, like, you know, anime for people who don't like anime. Because it very much is that 80s, 90s action movie uh, style. Yeah, and Benny's not. He's further away from a teenager. So... Ben, Benny's a cool dude. I like I like his whole story, his origin story uh, of how like he was just like he got involved with like multiple multiple uh, criminal organizations, and what he was like uh, tossed in a bag or something. That's how they found him. Right. I'm just looking at. Uh, uh, I think we jumped into part two. We did. We we pretty much covered all of part two already. <laughs> but yeah, that's but the thing. Part, part two is part two is an action heavy episode. Yes. Yeah, all the helicopter boat stuff is in uh, episode two. Oh, yeah. is it? Oh man, I just yeah. like I just I, like I guess it all come the the because it's like one distinct arc. Like it all just felt like oh, this is like part one. Um, but episode two is badass. Again, I I love the shot when they do launch off that um sunken gunship. Just when you just see like the 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 Lagoo Company ship uh hitting the uh, the attack helicopter and just them clashing is just such a great shot. Like yeah, yeah, like it's it's that classic way. Yeah, Jason, you were saying with with like yeah, nineties, even eighties. Uh, yeah, those action like those big moments. Like I think of like Cliffhanger. You know, there's that iconic shot of like um, Sylvester Stallone like jumping. Uh, I think yeah. he's jumping off the cliff. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, it's those moments. It's like that side shot where it's just like, ah, he's like, you know, dangling. It's except for this time, it's yeah. like it's a ship going towards a helicopter, yeah. shooting oh. a torpedo into the air. It, you know, they they give the disc to to the uh, the scarred lady. I can't pronounce her name. Can't. Uh, the scarred lady who's kind of, who's kind of running the whole show, and then she ends up giving the disc to Kageyama. Balalaika? Pardon me. How do you pronounce it? Was it Bella Bella That's how you do it. When you read it, it's just like, how the hell do I do this? Um, so yeah, they do manage to deliver the disc to Bella Leica, but it turns out uh, she just gives it to Kageyama because he, he had a contingency plan to begin with. Uh, Kageyama, you know, playing both sides of the field. Again, I've seen the show, but I don't remember what happens to him, so I almost just like want to rush it and spoil it for myself again just to find out what happens to this asshole. I don't remember either. And I don't know at all. <laughs> no, oh, you don't. no, no, no. No, happens later, later, later. I'm sorry. Yes. No, I don't either. No, I don't remember. I don't know either. That's the thing. It's, it does. We don't know is fading these three episodes. No. Seems, seems like it works out for Kageyama. Um, I do love the, uh, uh, if I can go back to voice actors. Yeah, go for it. I do love the fact that in these three episodes, we've got certain actors playing three different characters. And this is how it goes. You go in, we go into the booth and they'll say we're going to work on 10 scripts today 10 10 episodes or however many uh and they say let's jump into episode one and you do your characters you go into episode two you do your same running character and then you've got extras and you you do those ones your character dies you go into episode three in your session and like okay new character and you play that character for three arc or three season or wow three episodes and then you play all these minor characters so i love seeing people's you know the same names popping up we're still playing you know characters that have names and there are major characters in each episode uh but that's just to do with the fact that we have a smaller pool of uh actors who are working on these so and that's the interesting thing because like i i personally even though i'm quite familiar with this stuff i didn't really notice it i was too immersed in the story to even like be like oh that's 
a similar voice or oh i kind of kind of noticed that or whatever well meyer is it meyer yeah meyer from the first episode he's it's it's really not it, like Meyer was uh he was uh the AO or EO captain's radio guy and in the next in episode three he's it's it's Alistair Abel, my buddy Al, who plays Luak, who's like this crazy, nasty character. And uh, it's just fun. I mean, that's what actors do. We can play whatever is put in front of us, hopefully. So it's fun to see that. And you when you watch episodes in a row and you binge them. You see these same names coming up and different characters that they're voicing. It's really fun. I guess I didn't even like as a viewer, I didn't even pick up on the fact that they're the same actors were doing multiple characters. I think that just shows us how talented everyone is. Yeah. When you're like, oh, you can just like you can slip into like three different characters that are very different and they don't really sound alike. So you're not putting them together initially, but it's only after if you're like, you know, going on their IMDB or you're watching the credits. You're like, wait a minute, this person yeah. did all these? Like, I'm always so uh, in awe of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Um, <laughs> any thoughts on the third episode? I feel like the first two are definitely the strongest. The third one is more just like a fun adventure. I, here's a question I have. Why does he decide to give himself the name uh, Rock? That comes from Dutch. That's Dutch. Dutch also, in, yeah. in episode one or two? It's in one. Yeah, I wrote that. It is in one, yeah. Okay. He, calls him, he says, come on, Rock, or whatever. And he goes, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay that makes sense because i was just like oh like i was like rock is such a random name but if that's his nickname given to him by uh the head of yeah, the but his, name, his name is roku what his name is rokuro uh rokuro, Ro- rokuro okajima that's it oh yeah, yeah. so rock something uh yeah also- that makes the american being like your name's rock now <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> Yeah, I do like uh, having those leaders who are just like, I can't, I can't be bothered to learn that. So I'm just going to name you like this nickname. You get a nickname. Uh, so after the whole attack helicopter thing in episode two, Dutch does have this one great quote, which is amen, hallelujah, and peanut butter. And peanut butter, yeah. I love it, man. D- Dutch is a badass. And it is, it is a bummer um, that at some point in the series, he kind of gets sidelined because he is just such a cool dude. But of course, there's narrative reasons for it. Um, but obviously, I, I think Dutch, especially in anime, especially like kind of, I think now it's changing. There's a lot more prominent um, African-American and black characters in anime recently. But I think especially 2000s, there sure was a lack of them, especially lack of positive ones, yeah. uh, given Japan's own history. I mean, Mal- Malcolm and I have uh, have seen some not so great ones. Dragon yeah. Ball. Oof. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that was one of the things that was also surprising was like you have like a character who's black who's like a lead on this anime show. And like I know he's probably like being kind of modeled modeled after like that Wesley Snipes sort of persona at the time, like maybe like Samuel L. Jackson or Lawrence Fishburne. But like, you know, it was it's cool to see. I was like, oh, I like this. Like, you know, it just adds more dimension to everything. Yeah, and it, it's not cringy either. There, there's nothing wrong with his like character model or anything like that. Um, and they're they're, as I'm familiar with that era of anime and manga, and that certainly was not the case uh, consistently with how they portrayed uh, certain people. Yeah, I also felt bad for uh, for Rock like when he's like. <laughs> I like the, like I think this is the end of episode two, so I'm I'm going back. But like in the final or maybe it's episode three, but it's like the final confrontation with the disc. 
where like they finally have the distance of returning it on the ship. And like Rock's old boss is like, what are you coming back? <laughs> like I was like, I love that audacity that he just had mm-hmm. the audacity to be like, no, like you're gonna return now. And it's like, no, but you said I was gonna be dead and like you were, <laughs> you know, and all this stuff. And then his poor assistant who he clearly is be like who's probably getting a worse treatment than Rock did, like when he was at the job, is <laughs> just like just hanging on by a thread. He's like, What why won't you return? It's almost uh he almost has that sort of gaslighting sort of approach. Uh I didn't say that. Of course you can come back. That he didn't say that, but it's that that sort of nonchalant which makes him so greasy and oily and gross, which is awesome. That's it makes oh, for a man. great character. Oh yeah, like he's a kind of a perfect villain. Yeah. Uh, or like setting up to be a bigger villain. I don't know. I haven't seen more of the show. I don't know how big of a he factors in or if this becomes more of like a mission of the week kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hope he returns because he is like, there is something slimy and with the disc and everything and like, you know, the Russians and they're talking about nukes and like, yeah, the Russians. Yeah. I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> of course they're talking about nukes. Mm-hmm. So so after all this, we, we have Rock. He finally decides he wants to be part of the, uh, the Lagoon Company. And I do love, again, Revy. She says... They've got a Hawaiian shirt for him, and he refuses because he is at work and he is a professional. Oh, yeah, because they're, like, in that, uh, the scene, like, I think in the third episode where, like, they're trying to stop that giant cargo ship. And he's got the little, like, speakerphone or, like, the megaphone. And he's like, please, I insist. Like, you must stop. (laughs) And he's, like, he's just, like, in the ship. But he's, like, yeah, fully, like, you know, Oxford shirt, tie, slacks, like, just like he's like, yeah, again, going to the office. Like, I love that that's his idea of, like, work, is that you have to, like, be in this, like, uniform. The, the thing about Rock, which I really like, just to, just to kind of tease his arc over the course of the series, is that they don't go the obvious route of him just slowly becoming an action hero. He's still very much using his brains throughout the series. Uh, he definitely hardens. He becomes more cynical. You know, he kind of he learns just how tough this life is, who you can and can't trust. Uh, but they never go the obvious route of, of you know, him becoming Arnold Schwarzenegger by the end of it. He, he uses the skills he has. You know, it's interesting. I, I didn't, I mean, I know he's there and I followed it along, but I wasn't terribly interested in Rock's storyline or the character. I, I was really, I was really drawn to um, Dutch and Revy and, and all the side characters. I, I know, and there's nothing wrong with the character and he's written well and he's voiced well. I, I just didn't, I didn't connect with him immediately. So I was never really, I never really invested in him. I was always eager to get past what he's doing and go to the side characters. Cause I love the Luax and the Mr. Chin and, uh, and you know, Dutch walking through the town and Mr. Chin's gets up in his face, even though he's sitting in his car and Dutch lays it, lays the law down for him. And I'm like, yeah, I want to see more of that. The the side but, characters are great. And again, it, the, the show tackles, Definitely a different side. Again, it's it's very different from other anime most people are familiar with. Again, it's going for that whole John Woo, John Woo vibe, that action movie vibe. And yeah, it's a it's a fun show, man. Um, so honestly, I, I don't remember episode three super well. I'm sorry, I didn't. I watched I watched it like ten hours ago. Uh, any <laughs> any of you uh, guys got thoughts on episode three? If you guys want to take the lead on that, I mean, I mean, there's I like the like in the town. There's like this gag where he like has clear like they're clearly like st- 
stationed in a town that's like full of criminals or like there's like an underbelly there so everyone's yeah. kind of ripping each other off all the time and i like yeah. that he like uh rocket like went and he like bought some sort of like rancid like fruit or whatever yeah. from some <laughs> some old woman who was running a scam and like each like dutch goes he's like walking out so dutch takes it one he takes one and takes a bite he's like ah oh, gross and then like you know, Revy later on, she takes a bite. She's like, where did you get this? And it's like, no, of course you shouldn't buy anything from here. Like, everything sucks. Uh, it's a bag of, like, really light-colored avocado papaya-looking things. And I don't know if they're supposed to be a very specific fruit, but it didn't look right. So I think that was a nice touch. It didn't even look like fruit. Yeah, like, it was yeah. like... It's this, uh, yeah, like it does. It's not quite a papaya. It's not quite an avocado. It's not like <laughs> dragon fruit or jackfruit. It's just sort of this like other, <laughs> and I think that's probably like rock, uh, rock's naivety to that's the whole right, yeah. world, which is like, oh, like he just thinks like, oh, he's just this is an old woman. I'll just go buy like this this fruit, <laughs> and then it's like, well, why would you buy that? Like it's not even a real thing. Um, I do love where you're going with that, in that it's. Uh... It shows us this seedy underbelly, but it is actually drawn so it's, they've really like populated it so nicely with rundown uh, cafes and bars and little shanties where people are just selling whatever and there's people milling about and uh, red light district and um, uh, Dutch just sort of walking through with his hands in his pockets and he feels comfortable there. That just gives us, uh, it just shows us quite a bit, tells us quite a bit about the character. And that's uh, Rowanapur is the name of the place. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, like it's because it's interesting because there's like another scene later, or maybe it was earlier, where like Rock makes a joke about, uh, to the big boss, uh, about how like, oh, we're not going to dress up fancy. Like we're not, that's not who we are. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got that and... Uh, um, I'm trying to think. I'm just like it can. It all kind of blurred together. I don't know about you guys, yes. but it, it definitely like it's all blurred together. And I, that's not a bad thing. Like, a, like there's this. There's so many, so many great little one-liners as well that I wanted to like write down. Like, I thought the writing was really sharp for the like, ever, like just for the dialogue. Like, this is like fun, juicy dialogue. Um, nice setup though for like Hotel Moscow in the middle of what seems like just a is Rohanapur and it's run down and it's got certain areas, but hotel Moscow is sort of uh, not a fish out of water, but it just has a different look and feel to it, even though it's still populated with criminals and dirty, but then the reveal of Bella Leica, who she slinks in and we see her feet first. And we don't see all of her face. And it's just really, I think it's really good storytelling because they reveal her very slowly and we see her eyes first, I think. And, uh, takes its time to reveal her and then she turns out to be this nasty nasty gal lady balalaika Bal is not someone you you want to mess with that's for sure no. and and she does not uh treat chin uh super well no she, no chin does not have a nice fade in this uh episode well well i uh, well i love that like that trip of him he's like in the hotel room like stuff everything into a suitcase and there's like money and yeah. drugs and like his clothes and he's just like you know, trying to get all in and it's like you see like the door handle kind of open and he thinks he can maybe make an escape, but nope, he's just gunned down. Yep. Like he's trying to betray her, but he's not very smart. And there's a couple of those scenes in front with her where there's like another was it there's another guy early on in one episode one or two who gets gunned down in front of her as well by her henchman. And I like like she's 
Like I'm intrigued by her backstory because she's again got all these kind of scars on her face and neck. So she's clearly been betrayed at some point in her past, I assume, unless they were all birthmarks. No, those, those are definitely <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's also just well, she's Russian mafia, so of course she's been through terrible situations. And that's what's hardened her and made her a cold blooded killer. She gets everyone else to do the killing for her. It's a great design. It looks cool. Yeah, a lot, lot of cool character designs in this show, of course. Um, uh, highlights, though. Um, well, I mean, I've said it, I've already said it. The highlights for me is just uh, hearing my friends and their work. Pretty cool. Yeah, I guess that's the one thing. Like, as someone who, yeah, who I guess knows all a lot of the actors for the, the stuff, and who's also in the dub himself, it's like. Yeah, how how is it like? I guess you get a do you get like a new appreciation kind of going, especially going back to something you haven't watched or consumed in a long time, and being like, wow, like this is we did this. Yeah, and there's there's definitely nostalgia because I know exactly what studio they recorded this in, and I've been in there many 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 times, and uh, I get that feeling of oh, I love being in there doing this work, and I forget how many shows I've been on and how many times I've been in that studio, and it's just this immediate wash of oh yeah that's where we record this and it's so cool and we're never together doing it it's always separate um but it's nice that i'm it's selfishly because i'm an actor and i'm I'm very sensitive it's nice that i I know that i've been in this show so i'm not listening to it going oh why wasn't i in this and you know (laughs) i mean that's the thing maybe maybe we'll come because you are in the we are you are in the ova series and that one it is a full story it is a full story within five episodes uh, so that'll be interesting uh, if we ever do decide to to recover this show, or who knows, maybe we'll even like you know do just another random anime with you, J- Jason. I just realized I forgot to, to, to ask you the most obvious question: um, Are are there any like anime series or films that have like not just ones you've worked on that have really stuck out for you, or are you just a guy who's you know just <laughs> you you only see the ones you work on? It, there's there's no wrong answers. Don't feel judged. <laughs> No, no, I don't. I, I judge myself enough. Yeah, fair um, enough, man. Uh, no. Interesting. Um, I guess, no, I, you know what? Cartoons for me, sort of, uh, there's a hill. And at the top of that hill, at the top of that hill is Optimus Prime. And everything else has to climb that hill <laughs> to get there. It doesn't matter if it's classical animation, anime, whatever. I will climb that hill every single time to watch Transformers and everything else just kind of, yeah. That's, that's totally fair, man. Um, have, have you even been involved in the Transformers? Cause I know there's plenty of Transformers anime. I mean, like there's, there's a lot of them. I yes, watched I, I, plenty of them as, as a kid. I have watched some, um, but you have yet to be involved in them or no, that's it's, Oh no. It, it, it was on my bucket list before bucket list was a thing. Like I said, yeah, when I was nine, that's what I wanted to do. So one day, one day, it, you you still got plenty of time on this earth. Plenty um, of time. We, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, I, all right. I think it's time, Malcolm. I think it's time for us to talk about our favorite segment. Uh, who is the speed wagon? Uh, Sasha, roll the theme music. Speed wagon, 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 speed wag
Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So for those, if, if this is your first episode listening, I, I don't know why. Um, but uh, other for, for, for those not in the know, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character. Our, and it could be anyone from even a one-liner character to pretty much just not the lead. Um, so who is the Speedwagon? Your favorite, your favorite interesting side character of this series. Um, I'll go first because I know it. Uh, Mal- Malcolm already knows what, what my type is in these shows. Uh, I'm going with Revy. She's a badass. Uh, she's a fun character, man. She's got interesting backstory that's hinted at in uh, these episodes, too. You, you kind of you get hints of her dark past. Uh, as, as typical of a show, this uh, it's not a nice one. It's not a nice one. She's, she's got a lot of trauma, but she is a badass character. She's super fun. And yeah, like, like Malcolm said, it's it's not an archetype we see all the time. Hmm, so I, I love Revy. She's awesome. Great character design. Uh, I was looking at uh, 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 Ray Ray Hero is uh, Twitter feed. He, he also um, you know love loves uh, Revy a lot. Uh, judging by the the art he sometimes makes, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, it's like I draw this. I can I can draw however I want. Of course. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jason? Who is your favorite uh, character from this arc? These three uh, well, I... These three episodes um, specifically. You, you yeah. can't name the one you, you voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, course, sure. Fair enough. Um, it's all terrible then. Um, well, I really love the EO Captain because uh, I love uh, Paul Dobson and I love his voice and this character... Sounds like Paul, but doesn't. And so I'm always, it's, I'm intrigued by that. And I, I know Paul very well and know what he can do. So to hear this character, and I love the attitude of it. He just barges in. First thing you see, he barges into the salon, uh, the saloon, the bar. And they just start uh, dropping grenades and shooting everybody. Next thing, he's a cowboy in the chopper. They're just kind of putting them where they need big, boisterous action, and it, it works so well. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of that character. That makes a lot of sense. I think uh, uh, for me, I would say he, yeah, that he was definitely like on my list. Um, I also um, briefly thought about putting just the lyrics of the title song as the speed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know Malcolm. I did make my speed wagon once was love for Red <laughs> So that, that so, is true. Know. So the um, rules have already been broken. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to a character. Uh, for me, I think it's uh, I think it's Dutch. I think like you know he's he's just like this great kind of badass. I like there's like a little mystery element to him. Like he's always like oh drinks are on me. Uh, like when he's when Rook finally joins uh, Rock joins the team. Um, I love that he just gives Rock the name. Like he's just like your name's Rock now. <laughs> like. Um, I, I think it's the, the guy I'm thinking of. Yep, that's exactly and, who you're thinking of. Uh, you know, and just yeah, it's just it's a just I like I'm always a kind of a second for this like kind of like mysterious like leader who kind of barely talks like in these kind of movies where it's like he's he clearly got like a backstory to him, but he's not revealing his cards quite yet. Hopefully, um, but so yeah, it's Dutch, and I'm kind of sad to hear that he kind of like fades into the background as the series progresses. I think, yeah, I'd be interested to even read the manga. I mean, Malcolm knows how I'll overdo things. I'll, I'll, I'll track, 
uh, maybe some fan translations of the stuff that hasn't been published uh, quite yet. But it would be interesting just to see where the story goes, uh, even even if even if Ray uh, is tempted to just uh, take his take his darn time. He's he's just living the pirate lifestyle. That's what he's doing. Dutch is a really but Dutch is a really um, dynamically a really great character in opposition to Revy. She's just uh, cranked up all the time. Very negative. Uh, Duck is D- Duck. <laughs> Dutch manages to keep his cool a lot and he's thoughtful. He thinks about things, um, has some uh, sympathy and regret, which I think is great. I think that makes uh, for a really enjoyable character that we can relate to. Oh, yeah. Like him just like kind of walking like down the street, having like, you know, needing a cheer up and then him being like, we're going to go to the bar. I don't know. There's like a small moment where like when they're like crashing the boat and they know he's going to pass out. He's got like this cigarette, but he has like this bowl of just like, like, I guess, uh, cigarette butts. Butts, yeah. The side, like, that it's like all sticking out. Like, I wasn't sure if he was just putting them into like a big like gumball or whatever. Like, just like (laughs) shoot gum. Like, that's how it felt. Uh, then he's got his like cigarette pack, and the fact that he's just like having a smoke as he's like, I'm about to get knocked out. Like, I just love, <laughs> love that. At the same time, as Rock's like in the background, like is like giving the middle finger. He's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and then Revy's, Revy's there as well, just being her like herself. Um, and then Benny's kind of in the background, just like I gotta work on the tech. <laughs> yeah, I gotta type some stuff. Be- Benny was my close second for a speed wagon because Benny, Benny's the guy I I wish I could be. You know, he 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 can rock that Hawaiian shirt well, and he, he seems like he seems like he's taking this lifestyle pretty well. I was gonna say, I feel like Benny, like if they did a live action, I would hope that you Jack would audition for Benny in live action. I, I would just love see you pull it off. I would love to be be Benny, the guy who's just nonplussed by everything. Although I, I would love to see a Benny flashback where he's not uh, nonplussed, where he's a bit closer to rock. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, though, I'm kind of surprised. Like we, we've, we've covered various series that have had like Japanese live action adaptations, and I'm kind of surprised the show didn't get one. Because it seems like one of the easier ones to do, honestly, given what it's you know going going for. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I guess like the word, the the only thing that I like, guess maybe it's not popular enough for for it to even warrant it. It's not like it's not loop on the third level or Death Note. Yeah, well, I was also gonna say like like Black Lagoon is also like a very like odd name. Like it's just like I know it's the name of the ship and the crew, but it's like for for whatever reason initially because I don't like do research going into this. I assume Black Lagoon was some sort of like you know uh, show about like sea creatures. <laughs> And not this. I, I mean, Malcolm, this is anime we're talking about. I feel Black Lagoon is a pretty normal name given some of the series we've covered and will be about to cover. Like I, <laughs> like I was just like, I was just like, like on the on the wackiness level, Black Lagoon is pretty chill. I was just expecting. I guess because I'm thinking of like creature. Uh, I think it's like of the Black Lagoon, like that movie. Um, yeah. uh, so I guess that's where I was at. I was like, oh, this will be like an anime of like you know them dealing with like mermen and mermaids or whatever like, i mean that tracks with logic so <laughs> but it's logical but i i was uh impressed that it was like this like fun action show uh i think we can go into final thoughts uh everyone uh malcolm do you want to start or or i'll go i'll i'll start yeah this was fun like i like i said this is just like a fun action show i it, i think it makes sense that this is like something like that's been listed as like if you don't like or like anime or you're scared of it like this is a good one to start off with i'm almost kind of disappointed we didn't do this earlier because like 
yeah, this is a kind of an easier one to digest as you're like, because there's some of these shows that get more and more complex uh, as you go along. But it also shows that this is like, this is just like a genre and it has a lot of different elements to it where you get like, you know, I think anime always gets, uh, the image I always had of it was like, oh, this is just always like these like kid, high school kids who have some sort of superpowers who are like fighting each other. Uh, and that this is just like, oh, this is like an action show that it could easily be live action. Like this is like not yeah. that many steps removed from like a MacGyver or whatever. Like it's like, or like one of those kinds of shows. Like A-team. It's, the A-team. Yeah, the, that's what I was thinking of, the A-team. Um, I, I was going to, I don't mean to derail this further, but we might as well go for it. Do you want to cast the live action Black Lagoon movie? Do you want to fan cast it? Should we do that? <laughs> Wow! Oh man, <laughs> this is gonna like extend this for another twenty minutes. I got, I got my rock though, and uh, we, we, we can, we can use time travel. So certain actors who are a bit too old now, we, you, you don't have to remember who's who's the twenty year old uh, actor who can play rock right now. I'm gonna say for rock, uh, a young Sam Rockwell. Okay, yeah, that that's uh, my rock. Um, Dutch, ah, I gotta go, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, man. I gotta go, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, okay, go ahead. What? Bo- boo! No, boo! I, 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 well, you did say Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes is a good one, but I love The Rock, bro. I love him so much. He's my fave. Um, Revy's a tough one. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, how many like foul-mouthed American Hollywood actresses who, who do action are there? I'm just legit. I'm blanking. I see Charlie Theron, but she's more cold. She's not like one who's you know. I think if I'm gonna, well, I'll I'll do let's, it. Let's try and find the Revy. I feel I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna do 90s casting. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Do it, Malcolm. It's 90s. So Dutch uh, for 90s casting. I'm gonna go Wesley Snipes. It's either Wesley Snipes or Lawrence Fishburne. One of those two guys. Um, I think those would be great. I think Samuel L. Jackson may be a little young for it, like, like his career. Uh, I like I like the Sam the young Sam Rockwell. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, you could you could also get like a young Tom Cruise. That might be also really interesting as the Rock because um, he kind of has played these kinds of characters before. And then uh, for Revy, oh, I was thinking like this might be a deep cut, but um, uh, I was thinking Juliet Lewis or okay. Winona Ryder, one of those two. Maybe yeah, I, Juliette Lewis. For those who know who she is, I think she'd be great. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of my Benny, but I also want Sam Rockwell as Benny, which means Sam Rockwell has to. Oh, and oh, him. here's who be- who's her my Benny is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I, guess, I guess if it's '90s, sure. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I, <laughs> my brain doesn't let me do uh, time travel casting. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, but as far as Dutch goes, uh, I love tall, muscular. So Aldous, uh, Aldous Hodge. Oh, he's invisible. He's going to be playing Hawkman, um, in Black Adam. He's so, yeah, he's one of the yeah, most awesome. underrated actors. He is so good. Uh, and what's his, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his, from, uh, Watchmen and, uh, Aquaman. Uh, Billy Crudup? No, 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 no. Uh, the the or Patrick Wilson. Patrick. No, 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 no. Uh, he's a uh, black. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Manta... Abdul oh, Mantine, yeah, he's uh, good. Second. Yeah, so good. 
Unreal. So I need either of those guys. Young enough, but can still play maybe a little older and just really dark and edgy and tough. Oh, yeah. I like those guys. Those and picks. just ripped. It's either them or like Winston Duke would be the other choice in my mind. Yeah, Winston. Winston, Because, again, that, that that's why when I think of Dutch, I just think of like the biggest person I can think of. So it went to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, Winston Duke. He's uh, he he's a good he's a good uh, com. There's some good comedy in there as well. Yeah, but I I I think Aldous Hodge would be perfect. That's good casting for sure, man. I'm I'm looking I'm looking for a Benny. I, I want Sam Rockwell playing two characters. I don't care if it doesn't make sense. Put a wig on one of them. <laughs> Put a wig on him. <laughs> you have an older him. Sam Rockwell. As... No, you can de-age him. We're we're gonna give this movie two hundred million dollars just to de-age Sam Rockwell to play two we're characters. Irishman it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. My buddy's my buddy sends me clips from Irishman. He's like, yeah, well, that movie. Okay, in that case, I want Joe Pesci as Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, I'm that. Trying, I'm trying to think of sassy actors for a Benny. I don't know why my mind is blanking. I'm usually better at this game. Um, I like guys like Jake uh, Jake Johnson. Is that his name? Oh Jake yeah, Johnson would be a good Benny. Jake Johnson's a good Benny. Shave him and uh, put him in. You know, give him a ponytail. He might. He's got that quirky, unique yeah. voice. Kind of played that in uh, Lost Kingdom, yeah. Or was it uh, Jurassic World? One of those two. One of one of those movies. Uh, you know, New Girl, yeah. Spider Man. He's a very good Spider Man. Yeah. We we got to give more respect for Jake. He Jones. was that basically sidekick role for uh, the Mummy as well. With Tom. Charlie Day. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Day's great. He'd be oh, fun. Charlie, Charlie. That's yeah. That's the pick. Charlie Day. Oh, Charlie Day is so Benny. good. And you, you got to give him the blonde wig and ponytail, man. Yeah, you got that's it. exactly right. You got to oh, yeah. do it, man. It, it He'd works. Kill, because he does something similar in Pacific Rim. That's exactly what I was thinking. And he'd be and just like having him in a wig, it would be so good. <laughs> Except it's very obvious it's a wig, but no one ever says anything about it. You just know that it's a wig. Oh, I love I love that kind of stuff where it's like. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, this is like the hair's barely there, and you're like, I can, I think I can see part of his real hair. Like, like is Benny is Benny actually bald? What's going on? Why is he wearing a wig? Totally, totally disappears from the actual storyline in the the original manga and cartoon. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like a fun side adventure that they just did. That's all the improv on set. And, <laughs> that's right. And, and uh, oh my god, I just forgot to pronounce her name. Uh, Balalaika for Balalaika, it's gotta be Charlize Theron. That, that's I like the, that. That's the pick. That's yeah, the pick. I pre- I think that's a good pick. And yeah, you can like do that, that any time frame. <laughs> um, any time frame. Although, although oh. I'd, I'd put money towards Kate Blanchett as well. Oh, oh. yeah, she'd be good. Yeah. I, I still don't know who my Revy is. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to broaden my casting now, just in, in my mind for a Revy. Yeah, that's uh... that's a tough one because again, that archetype doesn't really even what who's like even just like a foul mouthed action star actress. That's even an archetype missing in like American movies i feel that's that's where you get that classic like we we went with an unknown for this role <laughs> uh revy played by unknown uh, um while we're at it kagiyama uh first name to pop up into my head mark strong mark strong is we'll have we'll have Re- raquel belmonte will make her live yes. action debut as Revy. <laughs> yes i i am all for that i'm joking um uh, <laughs> i nominate her um cool all right are, are we ready to move on from this game that uh, just uh, added another four yes. minutes Final thoughts for you, Jason. Uh, you have final thoughts for me? No, I mean, <laughs> final no, your final thoughts on, yeah, watching the show for the first time, man. I'm really um, glad yeah. to do that for you. 
I um you know I watch I some if I'm watching a show that I'm in I usually watch what I've done because I don't mind watching uh, my voice work I can't stand watching my film and television stuff because it's all of me out there um, but then I usually just don't I'm not interested in watching the rest of it I know that sounds selfish and stupid but there it is uh, but this was actually quite quite lovely because I quite enjoyed seeing the first episode and then getting engaged in that and moving forward. Actually quite fun to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, again, when you said that in the email, I'm like, no, that's a good thing. That's like when I'm just like, Oh, sweet. Uh, we get to, we get to have a little hook there because you, you were in the same position as Malcolm uh, having yeah. not seen the show before, which is really fun. Yeah. My, my final thoughts on the show. I've already said as much, like when I was watching this uh, for this rewatch, doing this research, I'm like, no, I could like have the show in the background. It's a fun show. It moves at a good clip. The characters, the side characters are all really fun. I'll probably probably give the manga a go just just for the heck of it. Um, Ray Ray Hiroe, get get your butt get your butt in gear so we could get another season's uh, season of the show. Uh, so Jason can can make some more money. <laughs> yeah, dude, do it for Jason's sake. Do it for Jason's sake. Please, Ray. Um, Quit, quit just drawing uh, sexy pictures of Revy. Let's take a break. Oh, man. Uh, you, you could do both. I mean, I guess, I guess you know, who, who knows what scenarios uh, she can be in. <laughs> what character do you play uh, in the show, actually? Because you've been met, we've mentioned that you uh, have a role in the show, but I actually don't know who you play. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um... <laughs> or do you play various? Or do you play, like, multiple? Yeah, various. I play a character named Lobos. I play a guy named Torch Weaver, which is the popular character. I think his he's a pyromaniac, I guess. Uh, Bikey, and then there's Raven's Court, and there's uh, five different characters, I think, in in seven episodes. Amazing! That's awesome. Yeah, season Sweet. two, and then uh, Roberta's Trail of Blood. Yeah, and uh, for sure. So I think we can move on time to announce the show we're going to cover for next week and that is uh dr stone episodes one to six with returning guest and also our editor uh the lovely sasha husband uh very excited dr stone is a fantastic show i i binged it just recently which is why which is why i decided to cover it um very different from this show but but also very different from other kind of standard anime which i think we on this podcast lately we we've been really avoiding the standard the 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 cliche animes and, and moving into some really fun shows. I'm glad we were able to do this this week and uh, continuing forth. Uh, Jason, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at symbol a boy Simpson at a boy Simpson. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at simpstagrams. So pretty easy to find, and once you get there, you'll be very disappointed. <laughs> but come on over. And what about you, Jack? Where people can find you? Uh, you can find me at only at only real Jack M on Twitter. I, I've been in a good mood. No, no Twitter fights lately. Just positivity. A lot, a lot of nice cat pictures that I just uh, click like on constantly. And uh, for my Instagram, which is also filled with my lovely cat Toby, who who scarred me while we were uh, conducting this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at uh, Jack is Jack. J A C K is J A K. I don't know who the guy who, who got Jack is. Regular ass Jack both time uh malcolm where can people find you uh you can find me on i guess instagram and twitter of the same handle at malcolm rj mcleod i'm not very active on twitter 
haven't used it in years, but I still have uh, control of that uh, Twitter still, account. You still want the followers. I don't, I don't know why you even keep bringing it up at this point. Uh, I'll just take the followers. At some point, I'm probably going to like reuse it. I don't know. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Instagram. Uh, that's where you can find me as well. I'm more active there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you can also, if you want, uh, please uh, you know follow our Instagram account at is this anime pod. We also have a Twitter account with the same name. Uh, you know, every uh, like and review uh, on like Apple Podcasts and you know spreading the word really helps the podcasts like us. You know that we're just you know on the up and up. And I just want to thank again uh, Jason for coming out and doing this. Uh, it's always great to have someone. And this is for. As Jack said at the top of the episode, the first time we've had uh, a voiceover actor on the podcast. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. It's a blast. And remember, for Christ's sakes, uh, this has been Is This Anime. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs)